right, what's up? We're back. Another Wheel Wednesday, Behind the Wheel Podcast. Me here with Scott. And uh, we're also with uh, someone who's been in the Koenig family for quite a while. We're here with joined with uh, M-Spec Performance, Mr. Casey Cole. Casey, what's up, man? What's up, guys? How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Sweet. I'm good. A little, a little chilly. I didn't expect to be this chilly in Oklahoma, but a little chilly. Other than that, we're good. We're busy. We're working. We're building cars for next year, man. Or this this year now. Jeez. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I like. I think it's it's such an interesting piece for for us to kind of get into uh, some of the aspects. Like we we have a relationship with you guys. We've watched you guys. You know, you run the cars and stuff like that, and to kind of bring people behind the looks, uh, kind of feel of what it's like to kind of build a new chassis and kind of have to come to that point where we got to refresh things. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We're, you know, my my car's great. Um, we did two seasons on it now obviously it, it needs a little refresh i uh you know blew up the clutch the trans needs gone through those kinds of things so those are kind of like our normal like every every off season we just you know we would tear the car i'd say we tear the car like halfway down yeah you know and refresh um go through everything but every now and then you know dan's chassis where uh this last year was year five oh. um it's time for a new chassis so now it's Instead of it just being a normal tear down, refresh, go about it winter, it, uh, it is a full brand new build and it's, uh, you know, kind of all hands on deck all times until it's done type thing. How, what's it, is there, is there like a set, um, I don't want to say expiration date because that's like, we know that's not the case, but like, what are the signs and, and pieces that you get to, especially on a pro car, where you start to say, you know what, it's time. Specifically Dan's car. I mean, one, okay, so S chassis uh, front subframes are like notoriously weak. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's just what they are. And then we mod them. So we cut them up, we chop them, we, you know, put rack forward sections in them, all kinds of weird stuff, um, which I actually, uh, anybody that checks the FD rule book, uh, we actually developed a front brace for the front subframes because we went through like four of them last year. Um, so we developed a brace and Kevin, the technical director at FD actually approved it. So it's in the, in the rule book this year that you can get a brace from us at MSpec. That's um, awesome. Yeah. It's super dope. super dope. We kind of like, we've, we've actually, I think this is our third rule in the rule book now that MSpec directly has had their hands in. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And it's, it's nice to kind of feel like you're progressing the sport, but, um, that those subframes are so weak. So we decided we need this brace to help us not kill these things. Um, but they're still going to like, you're still going to kill them eventually. But Dan's car specifically, like I can see little things like when he like pulls it out of the trailer and he's got like the, the, the car doesn't have any slip in it. You know, it's got 285s on it, 255s yeah. up and he rolls the wheel all the right way around and starts to drive forward. And you see the wheel shudder in the end, like in the wheel well, because it's putting so much stress into that front subframe and the the chassis itself is like. Dan's, Dan's car's been in the wallet, Irwindale and New Jersey and Seattle yeah. and, you know, yeah. in long, and, and so you, you can just like, I can physically see his chassis moving around and there's only so much strengthening that I can do that still falls inside the rule book. You know, we, we can't do strut tower to like firewall or tying into the front cage, uh, you know, into the main cage or anything like that. So there's only so much we can do. And when we start kind of seeing the chassis move around and flex, when we notice that like, um, suspension links to get the alignment correct. One side's got, you know, a half inch extra threads compared to the other side. Yeah. Those kind of 
we start noticing, hey, the chassis is moving around. You can see like, oh, look, we, we ripped a couple of these spot welds here. Obviously, there's some tension that's been put into this. You know, so there's just all these all these little things that kind of, um, you know, you, you unbolt the seat and you go to bolt the seat back in and it doesn't line up exactly how it should. Like those little kinds of things uh, just let you know, hey, things are moving. Chassis is not exactly what it used to be. Um, his cars, I think in the last two years, his car was on the frame rack like four times. Yeah. Um, wow. and so we know how many times it's been pulled and how far it's been pulled and, and how far it goes the next impact. And so, you, you know, you just kind of see this trend and you go, okay, this is your, you're, you're being limited by the car. Now I can, I can physically see you being limited by the car. It's time to do something about it. So, yeah. Now are there going back five years, are there are there anything that you're consciously doing this round of building a car that maybe you didn't do last time or you maybe you've had some learning curves that came from, you know, running all those seasons and now you're like, no, I know we're doing this differently because a hundred percent. Um, so like, it's, it's kind of funny. This, uh, this car that's in the air right here. Yeah. This one. <laughs> This is my uh, S13. Um, I've had that since 2010. Okay. Um, and so this is the, like this, I learned to drive in this. I learned to build cars because of this. Like, you know, this was, this was really like that car that did most of this for me. And um, we've decided, hey, we're going to refresh this thing. I'm actually, we're kind of uh, mentoring a 13 year old and he's oh, going to be awesome. taking this. Yeah. He's going to be taking this to Pro-Am next year. Wow. Um, he's absolutely shredder dude it blows my mind he's been like driving for like eight months and he just is insanity he, he was doing like 100 mile an hour entries with us out at texas wait casey months. so is he when you say eight months is this a because i have two questions and then we'll go back to the topic yeah. right but but like is this one of those things where in that eight months he's physically been driving or is this in eight months like he started on a sim kind of thing like how how do we how do we get here he um his family has like always been like super into like side by sides, off road, that kind of stuff. Right. So he's Ocanian that he rips through. Like we have a place called Little Sahara that's like a, I don't know, it's something crazy. It's like seventeen thousand acres and it's like hundred foot sand dunes here in Oklahoma. And so we can go out there and rip the sand dunes and they got trails and stuff like that. So he's like capable behind a wheel, but he had never driven um, one. He'd never driven a stick shift, so he learned how to drive stick about eight months ago. Okay. Maybe nine months. Um, and he had never drifted a car, never been in a drift car, never done anything like that. So, uh, besides the, the side by sides, never done any type of driving. And wow. then eight months ago, learned how to drive stick. Um, his, he, they actually came down here. He was like, I want to drift. I want to drift. I want to drift. We met his family, all that kind of got him into it. Uh, they went and picked up a simulator. We kind of gave them recommendations on that kind of stuff. He got a sim. So he's at home driving a sim. Then he's gets out and he's driving like um, he's in the car, like, every other weekend like if not every weekend like it's they they the family went all in they've already got two drift cars they bring them both to both events if he breaks one dad's fixing the one he's in the other still on track like he gets more seat, he gets way more seat time than me and dan which is crazy <laughs> but uh, he's like a shredder man like he he picks it up so quick and like i'll be in the car with him and like tell him something and i'll be like hey we went into that first corner and, you know, I saw you kind of float through it and then pick up the throttle. Well, if you grab the handbrake, you know, as we're leaving the apex, it'll shoot you outside and you can pick up the throttle earlier and drive in. And he'll be like, oh, okay. And then we'll go the next lap and he'll do it. Wow. And I'm like, 
goodness. And then I'll be like, okay, you did that. But now on turn three, you this and this and this. And we'll go back out. He'll still do what we needed to do on turn one, fix what he needs to do in turn three. And we'll do that for like four or five laps in a row. And he will pick up, change, and retain every single lap, which is like, that's crazy. Like, wow. it's, it's insane. Just it- like he's there about it it just clicks with him like he could do 360s better than i can like he's already leaving door marks on people and tandem like close proximity tandeming and like you know like tandeming around erratic drivers and like managing the car and like realizing when they're gonna load up and he's just he's good like he's he's just he's good he's he's gonna do pro-am next year and um you know of course we'd love for him to win but we'd like manage our expectations and manage reality like there's there's only so much you can do and so much you're in control of and don't be upset about things and you know the longevity side of things and the, all the tough fun battles that we had to learn to be comfortable in this sport where you get told that you suck all the time um you know yeah <laughs> if you're not winning you know uh you lose so right. um but just helping him through all that and he's just a crusher so we're, we're building him a car like my old car dan got his license in that car i got my license in that car yeah, well. now we're hoping he gets the are so um but yeah so b- back kind of to that like i i kind of learned how to build cars because of that car um and since then i've built uh i think five or six now bottom up drift cars like full full down to bare metal um but that kind of led into the next car which was built for a customer learned a bunch of things on that one um and then that led into another customer car then i built dan's car so like dan's was already like fourth evolution of what we're doing um and then like if you look if you if you physically look at mine and dan's cars um you know they they look very similar they they have very similar to them and everything um and because we took all the things we liked and we moved them over to my new car and we wrote down all the things we didn't like hey i don't i don't like how we have to deal with this deal with this deal with this deal with this and so like on my car now there's nothing on this car that you can't take off remove get to um that you have to remove anything else like every single thing in here is accessible without having to take something else apart to get to it and with drifting when we're five minute calls like that's that's huge you have to be able to do it now so build everything so it's accessible build everything so you don't have to take three things apart to get to whatever you want to um two years of driving this car two years of working on this car having it at fd events um and learning the ins and outs of how it physically like works as a car and so i'm taking all of that information and we're putting it into the new the the s15 and um you know just a more a more refined uh honestly a little a little simpler uh, as far as the physical car goes um but a little bit more in depth We're, we're hoping to be a little more in depth with like data and stuff so i'm um you know ecu master works with us so we're going to be utilizing they've got like wheel wheel uh temperature sensors and you know there's stuff like that so we're planning on utilizing a little more data um to try and get to where the cars are just that much more consistent when we get to where we need to be um and and keeping like i have i have every single data log of every single run that Dan has done in the last five years um, on my laptop, you know? So we, we try to like take all this data and, and put it in and build, you know, um, like, like St. Louis. Uh, I know that like in St. Louis, we pull 1.6 G's deselling into turn two. Um, and uh, we need to put an extra half quart of oil in the car for that 
turns specifically because the g-forces are so high that it, it shifts away from the sump so you know we took that data learned from it put a little extra oil in the car now we don't see any type of oil pressure drop around that turn and then we just want to take that same mentality to everything else in the car and just make sure that everything goes smoother everything goes better that's incredible that's wild yeah yeah, yeah. what what do you think like um any difference in in materials used? I mean, there's so much that you guys are constrained with by following the rule book, but are there anything, yeah, you know, part-wise that you're like, you know what, this is the evolution part too? Tons of it. Um, so with this car specifically, um, you know, Dan came out at like just over 3,000 pounds uh, two years ago in pro uh, on the 255 and did really, really well on it. Um, and I just kept going back to that, kept going back to that, and I really felt like the car was he he knew how to drive that car on that size tire he knew how it felt um and i feel like part of the struggle of that we had this last season um was the new tire being a bigger tire and while it had lots of benefits it also had downsides to it so the whole goal with this car is lighter um i'm that's what i said simplifying it is is just we're building it lighter um i'm trying to basically uh, have this car be somewhere in the range of about 300 pounds lighter than his current car um which when you're talking it's still the same chassis car yeah yeah, it's still the same motor. It's still the same suspension. Like, where are you going to find 300 pounds? And so, um, yeah, we, we are going to uh, titanium exhaust on this one. Um, so instead of the full stainless steel exhaust, which, I mean, I, I think it's like titanium's like 60% lighter than <laughs> <Right>. stainless. <laughs> yeah. It, I pulled the exhaust on this thing now with like one one finger, whereas the stainless was a two-hand job. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so, so stuff like that, the fuel cell, um, I had a custom fuel cell made. We, we've always had custom fuel cells, but this one um, we changed up again. We cut the capacity of the fuel cell down by about 35%. Um, we went from nine gallons to about five and a half gallons, um, which just, it's just weight. Uh, Dan's car's old car has two nitrous bottles in it. We're going to one nitrous bottle. It's again, just weight. So it's like wherever I can find it in the car, um, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to make more carbon panels. We're going to be having our own, um, the doors, we're going to make our own doors for this thing. So like steel doors, even gutted steel doors are still 15 pounds aside. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to, you can get them down to a pound and a half, two pounds, you know? So like just that, just that constant evolution, like you kind of like you're asking, yes, new, new materials and all in, in body panels and exhaust and, in uh, fuel cell sizing and, you know, just in, in everything we're, we're, uh, simplifying things in the engine bay. Uh, you know, he used to have, uh, 12 injectors. We ran thousands and 1700s on his car. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, we realized, hey, if we drop the weight of the car, make it simpler, make it easier to work on, you don't, you don't need as much power. We can go back to just running a single set of 17s. So now the fuel system's simpler. So it's just this. Uh, let's. Uh, what is that? That 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 like. Um, Keep it simple, stupid kind of thing. Yeah. So to finish first, first you must finish. That kind of mentality. Mm. And so. Yeah. We're just. We want to make sure that. Uh, the car is not what's keeping us from the finish line. And, um, you know, we, we are, have a, we have a really good track record of having working dependable cars. Um, it's, it's very rare at an FD round that we're not actively out driving because something broke or something like that. I think we've had like two mechanicals in the last two years at FD. Um, you know, so it's not that that's necessarily a problem, but if I can pull the weight out of it, then I can take the stress off of it and I can down the, down the physical power and that downs the stress and the maintenance gets lower. And, you know, it just, it's just easier on, on the car. It's easier on me maintaining it. It's, it's just overall, in my opinion, I think it's a better, a better recipe. So, yeah, it's, you said two things that keep sticking with me and I, maybe this is for 
more of a consumer feel, right? I know you guys are running a race program. I know that you are going to do whatever you have to do to be as competitive as possible. But when I hear things like titanium, carbon fiber, and I know how much you guys and these cars, you know, maybe arguably any form of motorsport, this is probably one of the ones where the cars take the most amount of abuse, at least from the exterior panel portion. Are these, do the, are you, is there any concern that using these materials is as advantageous as they are that the cost to have spares and, and do this stuff just goes up too much or is the, is the end goal still put it kind of into the realm of reasonable? I, I think that that is, um, I'm, I'm going to say a loaded question. I don't know if that's the right okay. word, but I feel like a loaded question because, uh, I feel like we, we have de- developed skill sets. Um, we've, we've developed the skill sets now to where like the titanium, like I, I do the welding, right. you know? So like, right. yes, there's us, but I'm not buying a $4,000 exhaust from AMS no, um, the carbon. Yes, there's carbon cost, but I'm not buying a $1,500 Cybon hood. You know, I'm 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 putting $200 worth of carbon into a mold that we've created, right. so that we create our own parts. And so, so yes, there is some expense to it, but I feel like honestly, in our case, the expense is the time um, that we have mm. to put into it, not really the materials. Because um, if I can put 250 bucks in materials and make a set of carbon doors, you know, obviously after mold and all that stuff but like repeatability down the line 250 bucks in four and a half hours five hours of my time to make a carbon door well realistically go find a set of s15 stock doors for me and tell me how much those are at that point you know what i mean yeah, like it's, yeah, of course. Yeah. it's it's kind of one of those like yeah okay but would you would you rather spend that money and have meh or spend that money, maybe a little bit of time, and have something super dope. And I think that's kind of we've decided we we want these things, and so we've developed the skill sets to be able to create these things for ourselves. So we don't we don't have to rely on anybody, and we don't have to pay somebody to do it for us. I think that's one of my, from a non-performance and you know kind of related aspect. I think one of my favorite things uh, about M Spec and your team, and specifically you, Casey, because you're so behind it, is. It's that we're going to make everything. We're going to do everything we can in-house to simplify and also make a product that we know is 100% on point. But also, we'll do whatever we have to do and we'll learn whatever skill set we need to learn to be able to keep the control in-house. And I think it's, yeah. an, it's an interesting point because we're in a sport and in an industry where, and, I, and I, I'm not shooting, this is not directed at any other teams or, or, I mean, this is just in the nature of what it is. But on the whole, I would make the argument that there's so many people that have just gotten into a bolt on society to the point where they're, they're, they're going to buy off the shelf. They're going to put it on their cars. They're not going to go that extra length. And I think that there's a great deal of capability that, that, that the sport and the industry loses when people kind of stop fabricating and kind of making what they need you know yeah i I think that some some of the mentality towards that is that these cars they in a sense need to be disposable you know like um yeah it's it sucks but like you know jonathan hurst built a brand new bmw freaking goes so long (laughs) right three hours practice and gets put into the wall like to a point they're kind of disposable and so like i get 
the mentality of, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to pick on Robert Thorne and Josh Love because, you know, yeah. they're my friends and it's yeah, easy. Let's do it. But they have, they have E46 BMWs with LSs and Y's Fab on them. You I'm know what with I mean? you. Like, I get it. They're yeah. Like, they're like, let me, let me buy, I'll buy, I'll buy this LS, bop, and I'll buy this Y's Fab, bop, and I'll, um, I'll buy this big duck club, uh, you know, over fenders and bop, and I'll put my wrap on it and I'll put whatever wheels my sponsor wants me to put on it. And yeah. that's, and that's, and while that functions and it does the job of, of drifting and even at this top tier level, like these companies have done a good enough job that like WiseFab, you can bolt it on with the settings out of the box and they drive, right? Like mm -hmm. that's great. Um, but I feel like when you walk through the pits, I, I feel like our our cars, like they, they speak differently. Like you can, you can kind of look at them and tell that they're different than everybody else's cars. Like they're not, they're, they're not just this kind of bolted together thing. They... You know, they, they have so much like art in them, you know, I, I mean, at least I, when I look at them, I see that, you know, cause I, I do, I put so much time into these things that, you know, to me, like, I, I, I don't know, they, they live in my head in a place that like is not a bolt on place. Like you just can't, you can't create it that way. And so, um, I, I don't know. I think that it, there's, there's a place for it, but also I, dude, I, I love getting in here and, and, yeah. and art and, and making something that again, like I said, it, it lives in my head. So like, I've got this image in my head that I've decided I'm building that and I get to come in here and, and, you know, whether it's a day or two days or three days or a week or whatever it is that I'm working on that specific thing, you know, at the end I step back and I go, oh, shit, I made that. Look at that. Yeah. You know, that's that I had in my head. That is, yeah. that is my head and now it exists, you know, and that's, yeah. that's, that's where this thing's getting to is, you know, I can, I can see this thing becoming a car, you know, I, I, I listen, there's uh, as corny as it sounds, there's nobody that understands that, uh, you know, is better than me only because like, I love building cars and fabricating them so much. Like it's, it's really all I really ever want to do all day long. So it's like when I get the time to go in the garage and do these things or, or help a friend out or whatever, it, it, it is important to me that like, it looks the best and I've scrapped plenty of stuff. Just, I mean, so not on your level. That's not what we're I'm not comparing. I'm just saying like, there is that level of satisfaction that goes into like, if I'm going to make something like I want to make it and I want it to be exactly how I want it. You know what I mean? No, I, I totally get it. I literally like I'll, I'll, you know, lay down at night and I'll like have what I think I'm going to do the next day and I'll yep. sit there with myself and tell myself the pot, the, the pros and the cons. And, you know, maybe if we change this, this or that, and, you know, so like, by the time I actually get in here to work, I've, I've thought about this thing for more hours than it's going to actually take to create it and, you know, have that, have that specific thing that I want to make. And like you said, it, it does, it's, it's, there's, there's joy, you know, like I, you know, we were talking the titanium sauce I did on this car. Like there's, there's genuine joy in welding that for yeah. me. Like I, I've never ever messed with titanium before. And there was this like inner part of me that was like, you can do it. And then, then there's this other part of me that's like, you're going to burn a thousand dollars <laughs> however <laughs> you know, to sit down and do it and like you know like of course i did my reading you know i went online what do people say about welding it okay what do, what do people that have welded stainless have to say or welded aluminum have to say like where where are people that are coming from where i'm coming from what did they have to say about it and kind of got an idea of what i should expect and then when i got into it i wasn't it wasn't so foreign that i couldn't do it and i built something that i'm i'm proud of you know and i if if he destroys it, I'll be sad, but I'll make him another one. Um, <laughs> right. Like I'd rather make me one. Like I want to put one on my car now. But you know, like it it yeah. There's there's just genuine joy when you get to bring something to life. You know, like when 
I, I can't, when this thing fires up and I get to hear 2J through titanium for the first time, like, <laughs> you know, I've heard like Mike Power's car, you know, like titanium, but that's not my car. That's not, you know, that's not our car. So like hearing this car in this shop fire up with titanium exhaust is going to be one of those like, yes, you know, like mm-hmm. everybody's going to go home on their face that day. Yeah. Do you... Are there so what big projects? Give let's. Where's the status update? So so before we even get there, when did when did we, all right? This is an S15 chassis. This is an S14 chassis. Fifteen. It's a spec R. Okay. So what kind of condition is it? I mean, so here, I guess with all the inflated pricing that we see that's out there for all these different JDM cars that I can't get, by the way, if anybody has any for sale, you can go ahead and just uh, throw it down there in the comment and we'll reach out to you. But like, how do you, how do you decide to maybe go after one of these cars? Is it, is it a car that's wrecked? Is it a car that has damage? You know, you're cutting something up. It's, you know, how do we get this? Okay. So Dan actually bought this car, I want to say six years ago now. Of course he did. Um, <laughs> Smart man. You know, through through somebody in Florida, through our wonderful state of Florida that does that for us. Yes. And he drove in Denver for five years and he, you know, he, he had a good time with it. He enjoyed it. And then um, we, I don't know if you remember, but the state of Florida uh, got basically sued by the u.s government and they put out a list of 400 cars no not that and they said hey guys you can either give us the titles and the cars like sign a thing that says cars will never be driven on you know u.s track only vehicles or we can come pick the car up um and so the car's a race car (laughs) Well, that was a depressing story. I really thought we were going somewhere different. Anyhow. Fairness, fairness, it's not. Dan wanted me to chop it up and turn it into a race car when I built his first one. Uh. Okay. Which means it would be a total best 15 right now. So, yes. it's, it's, it is still a good, straight, no rust, you know, awesome S15. And I'm hoping that we get more than five years out of it because Dan's skills have grown and um, you know, hopefully we're not in as many serious crashes. Yeah. Um, yes, you know, obviously he's fine from all, everything, but you know what I mean? Card, yeah. card damage is, and, uh, and we get to have this longer than five years. So nice. there's some light in that. It could be a completely destroyed car that I, you know, agreed to cut up five years ago. And now we'd just be building him a 14. So yeah. when did you start this surgical operation to start building the car? Okay, um, so I stripped the car down to like, you know, basically like a rolling shell, probably like a year ago. And then it just sat because the season kind of took over and everything. Um, But as far as physically, like what we're doing here, I started like cutting, grinding, whatever you want to call it, um, right before SEMA. So basically the end of October. So I'm, you know, you got SEMA going on. We did SEMA, we did Fuel Fest and we did PRI. Um, and then we also had a fun, a fun weekend out at Texas. So like, I'm like just over a month and a half in actual work time in the chassis. Mm -hmm. Um, if that helps, you know, but it's, yeah. So like two and a half months ago I started, but then a month of, a month of other things. And then obviously we've got other projects too. So, you know, they're getting time and stuff, but I've got, um, you know, a a month and a half time I've been at the shop that I've been working on it while also sharing with some other projects. What do your days look like? Like, do you show up at 10 because I'm there to 3 a.m.? Do you only put in eight hours a day? I mean, like, how, what does it look like? Um, so 
I would say most days we're here around 10. Um, and I, I like, I, that's kind of just been my work schedule. When we lived in Denver, the traffic was so bad that I refused to go in like normal hours. And so I would get up when everybody else was already at work and then I could drive and then, you know, I'd work until 11 o'clock at night and everybody else is off the road. So it's just that. So that's kind of like just become my schedule over the last like decade um, because of that. And so typically we show up here at like 10. Um, and then I would say if like if we're like going home early, early is nine o'clock. Um, <laughs> if we're staying late, that's 1 a.m., 2 a.m., um, kind of that. But yeah, I, I would say 12, 12 hour days, like typical and uh you know, usually, I'd say 12, 12 to 14 is probably like a typical day and then go home and eat, play a little video games to de-stress, maybe drive the sim a little. And, um, you know, my wife's awesome. So there's food when I get there and, you know, uh, chill a little bit, take a shower, go to bed, do it again. Wow. It's crazy. Like, and when do you think you'll have this car complete enough to do a test? I, so the biggest thing that I'm going to be waiting on on this car is paint. Um, cause that's the one thing we don't do. I, I, I just, I don't really have a big desire to, to get into that, the chemicals and the health risks. I just, I, I don't want to deal with it. So, um, plus also it sounds like a nightmare if you screw up, like that's, it's such a big canvas that if you like screw up your mixing ratios or what, I, I don't even know enough to know what you could screw up, but I know you could. Um, and so that to me is, a one of those, like, that's not something I need to learn to do for myself because it's like, oh, again, this is, we're painting this car first, you know, that car went five years, same paint. So it's like, it's not something I'm doing every off season or, you know, that kind of thing. So besides paint, that's the one thing I'm unsure about. Realistically, I'm planning for the car to be done at the end of February, beginning of March. Nice. Yeah. So you're, you still, you're in the home stretch ish, sort of something like that and i'm you know like we're doing all the wiring and like luckily again same thing ecu masters have all their electronics in there the thing is my car's already wired up on all their stuff so like i have all my wiring diagrams same motor same trans you know that kind of thing so i have all my wiring already figured out so i've got a couple of small updates that i've already made um on paper then i'll basically wire his car up and then i take all of my programming out of my car program it into his all his outputs are the same and so like what would have taken me you know a month and a half to wire and program and set up is now a two-week deal you know you guys aren't obligated to use link so i have to use links ecu because of prospect yep mm -hmm. um, everything else in the car is ecu master so okay. my my pdms my battery kill my digital dash my keypads like my gps like all of that master and then the ECU itself is physically a, a link ECU. Mm -hmm. um, Dan's car is in pro, uh, it's no limitation. So it will be top to bottom what their, their pro 16 came out. Um, I think like a, right at a year ago now. So we'll, we'll be running that ECU in this car. And then um, realistic pro the following season, obviously not this season, but the following season, I would like to move up to pro. Um, and in which case I'll, I'll be swapping the ECU over to ECU master products as well. So, um, little things, but like, that's so simple, like all the main programming still there. And I just go in and like change a CAN bus, like, um, like CAN bus allocation so that it sees the, the ECU masters CAN bus information and, and has the definitions for it versus the link and, uh, the naming, all that kind of stuff can stay the same. So I literally just kind of change one file in there and then everything works again. So it's, it's, a 
relatively simple thing. That's amazing. It's yeah. it's so it's so fun how like how far things have come into a plug and play nature with some of that stuff. Like I could think about trying to do some of the AEM stuff like even way back way back in the day when it was like the you know the first gen uh AM and stuff and like there were some sensors that were there plug and play but there was so much that you had to like figure out yeah. everything for build your own scalers and everything to get sensors for correct stuff no and it's it is getting better um like like ec masters dash when you plug that thing in you connect your power your ground your two can bus wires uh and then you to be listening for um which is like literally like a drop down file you click it and you say oh motec or link or ec master or whatever you tell it what it should be listening for and you tell it what like phone number what scan id it should be on go to your ecu and you tell it hey send out you know this or on this phone number and bam you know as long as your wiring's good and stuff like it it literally is is that simple to get this stuff to communicate nowadays they've done so much work in the background now obviously like all the the more complicated stuff like we have a lot of like um voltage strategy in our car we have a lot of nitrous strategy in our car um those things like those take time to sit down and develop and go out and test them and something doesn't work exactly I, but it, it's all like it's not like I'm, I'm not typing in like ones and zeros really, you know, like I'm, I'm more like writing like a, like if ands or thens, you know, like conditionals, like that kind of thing. And you, you build that in the background and the same thing, you kind of like feed things, can bus information to make its decisions on and off of, which, you know, is technically populated. You just have to write the, the formula for it to know what to do. And, um, you know, that takes a little bit of time, but the physically getting stuff to communicate and like just, just work, general work is is so simple nowadays it's, it's awesome yeah when you start and I, I know this question is a little bit more personal to kind of everybody's build style but like i know for people that build um you know cars every especially when you're building something toward a deadline there's always going to be everybody already has their individual way that they kind of track their time and try to figure out like, am I on schedule? Am I get, you know, am I, am I, am I moving fast enough? Do I, do I have everything done? Some people put punch lists together and they can tell by the list dwindling. Some people, you know, just have this thing about, they know in their head exactly what projects they need to conquer. And when they conquer this project and this project, and this project, like they're crossing like almost modules off, if you will. How do you judge like how you're coming in as far as time to make sure that you don't get down to the end and you're like, crap, we're not, we're not there. Um, I would say with with this project, uh, it's actually kind of been the easiest it's ever been. Um, I know, be, thank thanks to you know Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> photos, all that kind of stuff. I know exactly when I started mine. Um, you know, I, I I started mine December twelfth, so I started this build a month and a half before I started my build. Um, you know, uh, two years previously, effectively. Um, but I literally will kind of, uh, they're, they're so similar that I'll go into my photos and like pull up, Oh, what day, like I can see, Oh, I finished the firewall here. What day was this? All right. So that's, um, two months in, Oh, well I finished the firewall here a month in had a schedule, you know, like that, that kind of is like how I, how I have been going about this. Uh, literally like I've been telling myself, look, you're a month and a half ahead because you started a month and a half early. Like, Oh, you gained another week time because you got this, this, and this done. When last time it took you three weeks to do it, this time it only took you two weeks to do it. So like, I'm I'm kind of 
myself along that. I've also got a um, I don't know. If that's my uh, right there. That's my punch my board. Yeah. So I've got I've got a bunch of stuff on my marker board. Um, and I I use that mostly for like ordering. So like I'll put, hey, I I'm working on the car. Shit, need one of those. Put it on the list. You know. And so I've got my my kind of order list over there. And like even if I've ordered it, like it's still on there. Like if it hasn't shown up, if I physically don't have it, it's still on that list. And it says like, you know, like fuel system emailed, you know, e emailed sponsor, you know, like should be here date, whatever. Um, and so like, I kind of use that for that. And then like on the physical car, again, I don't, I don't know if you'll be able to see this, but on the, on the physical car up here. Yeah. Look at that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I got my, my list up there and, um, that doesn't go anywhere. I can't lose it. Um, and I am a little OCD. I'll kind of like work through and, uh, get, get whatever I can, you know, done. I put little stars next to things that I don't have to buy materials for cause I already have it or like things that I can do right now. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to buy anything. You know, I can, I can finish this task from start to finish right now. And so I put stars next to all those and, uh, you know, that's kind of like, my attack that but at the same time look at some of these other things and let's get things in the pipeline so that they are here when i'm done with this task and um you know i'll make my way through that and mark a bunch of lines through things and then it'll get to where it's you know half of it's marked through and i'll go over to the side and i'll start rewriting the list of what's still there and erase everything else and then kind of look at the car and decide oh well i can be a little more specific you know this just said this said finish the exhaust well now i can write you know, wastegates on there, or, you know, this said, um, you know, uh, mount the, the hood in the trunk. Well, you know, this can say, um, you know, make, make specific types of brackets or whatever. I can break it down a little bit more once I've gotten through big, huge chunks. And that kind of allows me to, again, see progress there. So I, I probably do it in like four or five different ways is how I measure progress. And, you know, just having so many other car builds in the past to kind of like lean on and look at and, and kind of have that sense of flow and, and feel of how it should move and that kind of stuff. I, 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 yeah, I probably do it like four or five different ways to like justify things in my head. Who knows if they're real or not, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it works. So, yeah. What are the, what's the thing when you're building an entire car like this, what are the things that you, that the part that you look forward to the most and what's the parts of the, of the build that you look forward to the least like in other words everybody's got that thing that they're like you know some people it's wiring ah crap i got a wire other people it's like no like i don't want to be ha i don't i hate welding you know the cage up because i end up on my back with the with a damn pedal taped to my foot or you know like what what's what are those things for you um i would say like the thing that i probably like the least uh dude, i hate being covered in metal shavings like yep. i I, I hate it. Like I go home and my wife's like, you got metal here and you got metal here. And, you know, I'm like, sorry. All right, I'll go get out of the clothes. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, I, I don't enjoy that. Um, but, uh, I love fabricating. I don't know. It's it. weird, but, uh, I, the worst part's probably like the sound ending removal side of things. Like we still had, we had the car sandblasted, but you still like, you still get like caulking in between seams that you got to like physically like lift seams up so you can wire wheel under them otherwise when you weld it it's just going to splatter and turn to shit um so removing the sound endings probably one of my least favorite things yeah. um the, re the rest of it honestly i i i just i genuinely enjoy it um i do like when i get to the wiring stage because it's like the first time during all of this that i get to like sit at a table and like oh, just kind of sit down yeah, yeah. i'll have my laptop right here and maybe it's like you know i've got two laptops 
laptops. One's got like my design side of it. And then the other one I'm like, uh, you know, my, my MacBook has like all my design side of it. And then my windows laptop has got, um, you know, like I'm looking up parts or connectors or whatever it may be. So I'll, I'll have a little movie playing on the windows computer while I'm, you know, going on the design side over here and I'm just sitting at the table and, you know, I get a little like week and a half break of, of just sitting and wiring and not, uh, not up, down, up, down, under the car, lift yourself, burn yourself, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I, I enjoy the wiring side of it. And I, you know, I get to, I get to like, again, same thing, the evolution, I get to look at my car and go like, oh, I didn't like how I routed that. So I get to, you know, kind of change things a little bit. And it's that it's, it's finding that aesthetic inside of it at the same time that it's got to be functional. Like I, I, I genuinely enjoy that part of it for sure. But, um, I dude, I, I don't think I've gotten more joy out of welding out of doing anything than welding that titanium exhaust like it, it just right. yeah it, it, it's so, like it's such a a new skill like i got to check box a new skill and then it also came out dope like you know it it, it came out dope so like i'm i i genuinely i don't i don't think i could be more yeah. i don't think i could be more excited about anything than that right nice. this second so yeah and i got i got new material you know like i got i got new stuff to play with i got purge i know and i got new tools that's like I got 16 size cup, a ceramic, you know, furic cup to play with, yep. and a, a dual regulator for the, the, you know, for the tank and stuff like that. Nah, I, I, that's cool. I'm I'm super excited. It makes me it makes me want to build one for my car. You yeah, know, like yeah. I know I have this, but I'm like ready to put more work on my table just so I can do it again. So here's a little thing. I don't know if I'm sure you bought the entire kit of of the Tycon or whatever uh, purge uh, plugs or whatever, but. If you didn't, I will tell you not that they're exactly the same. They're not. But what I did was if you go on to, to Amazon and you look for um, silicone, uh, like powder coating plug things, okay. they're they're pretty cheap. They come in a whole bunch of different sizes and and they're pretty thick silicone the same way. And I, I bought a bunch of those and I basically just took a drill and I drilled, you know, uh, a hose. Uh, yeah. And I, and I just bought... From from my dual regulator, I just bought uh, one of those. Um, I put a regular hose on it, and I put in one of those barb metal barb fittings, so I can just slip yeah. it in. And That's sick. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's the poor man's like thing. I think I think they probably melt a no, little easier. Foils the poor man's thing, buddy. No, I have plenty <laughs> of tin foil. I think tin foil. You know, it's funny. Like you you buy a lot of this stuff, and then you end up going ah the hell with this, and you are using tin foil. Worked. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So I feel that. But you'll think this is kind of trick, but this is on my regulator right now. I bought a the quick disconnects. Yeah. So my per oop and then it blocks it off. It doesn't leak out or anything like that, you know? So like little little shit like that to me was was kind of cool cuz you got these lines running all over and oh, I don't need to purge something. So and just quick disconnect and roll it up and put it away and yeah. So I'm I'm sure that a standard rubber line would have worked for that, you know? It's <laughs> um, not but, the point. Yeah, that's not the point. So, in, in all fairness, I got one of the trailing cups for my for my TIG torch, um, and I just have like a standard silicone line going to it. Like it's nothing, nothing fancy. It's just literally a push on a barb silicone hose straight off the regulator, and it and it works fine. I don't need the quick disconnect fittings. It's just it's cool. Yeah, I, I was gonna say you're talking to the wrong guy. I'm the guy that will buy the trick stuff just because it makes me smile, not because like I don't know. I feel, buddy, I have, I have, th I have three weld. I do not need three welders. Yeah. I'm one person. I can't weld with yeah. all three welders, but I, I have three. <laughs> you have to. 
because yeah like i don't know there's something that's never been more rewarding i mean listen for people that work on cars or for people that are really like into this stuff like there's nothing more rewarding than finding the tool that you don't need but you could possibly need once and it will fit perfectly in the one draw you know where it's going right yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely I have my I have my small box and my small box rolls around the shop and it's got my normal everyday I use this stuff constantly tools in it and then I have my big box and it's in the corner and it's just nightly nicely packed with a bunch of specialty stuff that gets pulled out once a year once every two years you yeah know? but it, it's there and it fits great and I like having it so you know I got a I got a, a fog machine I don't know the last time or it's like a smoke machine tester I don't, I don't remember the last time I used it well right because cool. we do a lot of emissions work but like I you know the boostly I guess you can use for that kind of stuff but you know yeah, not often everything's like you know like like uh Van Jan style clamps and stuff like that like but yeah just put a new don't even test it just put a new ring on and go back to what you're doing you well, know it's okay because I I don't really work on a ton. Like I don't do a, like a lot of repair stuff, and I certainly don't do a lot of direct injected cars. But for some reason, the other night I bought myself uh, a kit to be able to put the o- the new O rings on. <laughs> okay. On the direct inject injectors, you know, they have that like kit. I just was like, oh well, I probably need one because what if, you know? <laughs> yeah, good. that's about right. If nobody's up. You're good. Yeah, I'm pr- pretty much. Well, man, I don't want to. I don't think we want to hold you up too much more. Because you're actually like doing something, and debatable. Well, it won't be. It won't be in just a few months. Um, but yeah. yeah, like let's. Uh, I can't wait to to see the update. I can't wait to see the car in person too. Because I know that when you guys craft some stuff, it's 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 legit, really good stuff to look at. Sick. Well, I uh, I've been just for anybody that cares about the build. I have been posting um, stories on my Instagram. I'm not I'm not actually posting like reels or anything like that of it. Uh, I'm just doing it in stories, uh, and I have been slacking on it. But I've got like a you know like I don't know. You can have like a story link on your actual page. Yep. I'm after stories go up. I'm putting all of them into a build page thing, so you can go in there and watch all of them from start to finish. Um, I need to update that. It's it's a little behind right now, but that's where the build updates are going for this. You won't find them. They're, they're not anywhere else. I don't feel like making reels and all that stuff. I just want to give you quick updates and say, here's what I did today. This is how it works. This is what's going to happen later. You know, check it out. Real simple. I don't, I don't. Yeah. Story. Yeah. My, my story is where you can find it if you care. If you don't, my story is still where you can find it. So. <laughs> and we'll put, we'll put all your information down in the description and we'll put all that good stuff. But man, it's, it's always a pleasure getting to speak to you, and I and I I just wish I had more time because I want to hang out at the shop all day long and weld things for no reason. Oklahoma City Airport is ten minutes that way. It's ten minutes I that know. way, dude. I know. Let me know. You can come hang. Well, I got stuff you can weld. You want to build the tie exhaust for my car? Uh, listen, I'll give it a shot. I mean, there'll be a it'll be a droopy uh, golden mess, but I'll give it a shot. Great. Come <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. Casey, thanks so much, and we look forward to seeing that car. Absolutely. Oh, and I'm also driving in Super Drift this year. Oh, so yeah? Don't normally let prospect guys into it, but I got approval. That's so me sick. and Dan will both be driving Super Drift, so I'll be wow. out at streets with my car, which is like it's 90% of why I want to go to Pro is to drive Long Beach. So to get to do it in Super Drift and prospect is, is super, super sick. So like stoked, stoked for that. I'm like 
you know, not that that has anything to do with anything. I'm just excited about it. Listen, I think that's awesome. I mean, not only is it awesome just because it's a cool event, but I think that the other piece of it is is that there's so many rookies when they go to pro that show up to Long Beach and have never actually had any experience on the track. Yep, yep. And I've been I've been like grinding out laps on my sim on it. You know, like I have a pretty good idea, and it's it's surprising how much that actually like like translates when you get to a place and your visuals yeah. are like think they should be and stuff so i feel good i, I like driving it on the sim and i really enjoyed watching dan drive it and like having an actual grasp for the size of it and walking it and all those kinds of things so like i have high hopes um but i also know it's not a very forgiving place so like i'm not going in there stupid but like super excited to drive it so um yeah and, and then just to get to take that to pro you know and evolve it because then we'll have two cars worth of data for long beach that we get to again take in and dissect and and figure out how we can actually apply it to the cars in, in ways that are going to benefit us in the future and we'll get both cars worth of information so it's it's a win-win yeah i i get it i uh i've been trying to get my drift game up a little bit on my sim and uh i will tell you that uh i tried long beach once and i found the wall rather quickly <laughs> yeah it's very easy to find it's it very sneaks easy. up on you a little bit <laughs> yeah have to sim together sometime. Yeah, definitely. I I suck, so don't have high expectations. But aside from that, yeah. <laughs> wow. So, all right, we'll like, we'll let you get back to work, Casey. Thanks for joining Thank us. You, we appreciate it. We will catch up with you, man. Love talking to you guys. You have all a good right. one. Tell Dan said hello. We'll do. Later, guys.